Christian people are, are feeling, uh, pr- feeling pretty hopeless. So when we begin to think about that and, and consider it, what we find is that we live in a very, very, uh, grim circumstance, a grim society. Uh, even, even young people, sometimes as people get older, older people begin to lose hope. But even when we consider that statistic, 51% of, of Americans that are 29 and under, 18 to 29 years old, they are feeling hopeless right now. They're feeling hopeless right now. But understand this, that, that in all of the hopelessness of the world, uh, there, there's a catalyst behind it. There's the, the catalyst of, of sickness. It could be the catalyst that comes through uh, death that sparks our, that has spawned hopelessness in our life. Uh, it could be the whole element of social issues that 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 we're confronted with right now. It's the the the, the issues of uh, of relationship. It seems like that in this world of social media, and listen, I'm as, I'm as much into social media probably as anyone in this room, but in, in the light of social media, we are, you know, we are, we are so caught up in relationship issues. Even sometimes we find ourselves having, dealing with relationship issues with, with people that we really don't even know. And as, as, as we begin to, uh, struggle in relationships and we, there's some of us in the room maybe or some of us watching live this morning that also is struggling with, with child rearing. I, I, you know, my, my son is 36 years old. I, I go ahead and say, boy, he sure don't look that old. You know? But my son's 36 years old, and I can tell you what, I fully observe and I, I understand because of a lot of the youth programs that my wife and I work in, I understand that the element of child rearing is, is so much different now than it's ever been before in the world. Some people are feeling hopeless because of a financial strain. We're seeing uh, a, a period of of financial strain, and I'm not saying this to be political by any means, but right now we're seeing a financial strain in America and on this world that we haven't seen in a, a lot of years. Some of you in this room that are younger, you haven't seen this financial strain because it's been uh, a nearly a generation before uh, or since we've seen last seen the turmoil financially that we're seeing. Health issues. When, when mental issues occur, when stress occurs, health issues uh, are continually increasing. Uh, uh, we, we got word just, uh, just a few days ago of, of somebody was just like, I think they were, the age was 42 years old. 42 years old, a, a young man had had a, uh, had a massive heart attack. You know, you don't, you don't have to be old to get sick anymore. You don't have to be old to die anymore. And we begin to think about these things and and, and realizing the, the, the catalyst of hopelessness that is all around us. And when hopelessness occurs, then there's characteristics that follow. It's feelings of hopelessness. It's feelings of being alienated. It, it's feeling, feeling that feeling of being pushed aside or feeling all alone. And you know what? There's no worse feeling in the world than feeling alone. I'm a firm believer in that. I've been there. I've done that. There's there's no worse feeling in the world than than feeling separated and, and alone. And as we feel separated and alone, we begin to feel powerless. 
And when we begin to feel like that things are totally out of our grip and they're totally out of our control. And sometimes they are. When we begin to think about the, the characteristic, the feelings of hopelessness, I, I, I begin to think about how that we often feel oppressed. And oppression is a little bit different than depression. And certainly during hopelessness, people are uh, depressed, but they're also feeling oppressed. They're feeling pushed down. They're feeling pressed down. They're feel, feeling like that, 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 that every, that the whole world is against them. And they're abandoned. Suddenly, seemingly suddenly. I look at a church. As I read the scripture, I look at a church. And when I, when I talk about the church, I want you to understand with me that the church is not, uh, I'm not talking about brick and mortar. This building is built of brick and concrete and wood and mortar and, and carpet and upholstery and, 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 but I'm not talking about that at all. But what I am talking about is the church being flesh and blood. Because you see, the church is flesh and blood. It's not stone. It's not, it's not brick. It's not mortar. It's not wood. The church is flesh and blood. And as I begin to think about the church, the church being flesh and blood, people, if you would, my mind goes back in scripture to the, the, to the church of Corinth, the town of Corinthian, if you would. It's the oldest church known in the post-resurrection era or in the era of, of Christendom as it is, as we know it. It's the era of, of, of the church in the light of the salvation of Jesus Christ. And as we begin to think about the church of Corinth, I, I look that as old as they were, and even though this was early in their their years, they begin to stray away from the faith. Paul had to write his letter to him. He he didn't have to write a letter to him. In fact, he got to write a letter to him. And as he got to write the letter to them, he wrote it uh, to them. And he began to share with them and to solidify the, the doctrine of faith that they had over these years. He began to solidify to them that, that how that, that Jesus loved them and how that he had died for them. And, and they begin to, and he begins to share with them, uh, how that their, their hope was in the doctrine of the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But they had drifted away from all of that. They had forgotten about all of that. They, they had, they had let themselves become consumed with the elements that was happening around them, even in those early days when everything was still fresh and everything was still new. That church had found themselves beginning to question or to doubt or in some cases even to deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this, without the resurrection, there, there, there are some important elements to salvation. The one important, uh, one important element that we first think of is the virgin birth that we just celebrated a few months ago, and we call it Christmas. The second element of, of our salvation is not necessarily found in the beating that Jesus took because that, that was for our healing. But we find that the second element of our salvation is found into the, uh, into the crucifixion. Jesus freely given his life on the cross that we acknowledged just a few days ago in what we call Good Friday. 
The, the element of salvation found in that is the shedding of innocent blood. Jesus' blood was the perfect blood. It was innocent blood and it was shed, he was shed as a guilty man though he was not guilty at all, but it, that cross was for us. It was for our guilt. The third element of our salvation is found in, in the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because in the resurrection is where we find our hope. In the resurrection is where we find that that Jesus is ministering to us with hope that cannot be purchased or bought by any other means. And when I begin to think about that, I, uh, this the past two years during this time of pandemic when hope has been a lot of hope that once was there. In fact, it said it said that it's increased hopelessness has increased more than twenty five percent in these last two years. An increase of more than 25%. And, and as, uh, from time to time, I, I, I've had to speak over memorial services and families have allowed me to, to, to come in and speak to their families as they've lost so many loved ones over these past years. And, and I, and I spoke in several occasions in, in, in cases where, where lives were tragically lost. I spoke in some cases over these past couple of years where it, it that lives have been lost because of uh, of addictions and, and and other things that have gripped people's lives and seemingly taken their life out untimely and it's in those moments that I I, I struggle as a pastor and I, I I want to bring words of encouragement and and I and I want to say words of comfort to a family and, and it seems like for more than two years I've kept gravitating back to this particular passage of Scripture. This passage of Scripture that is part of the letter that Paul wrote to a church that had strayed away from their roots. They had strayed away from, from, from their foundational beliefs and they were having some doubts and they were having concerns and some had even lost their hope. And Paul wrote this. He said, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But He did not raise Him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, meaning who have died, then also they are lost. And this is, this is the sentence. This is the statement that, that I, I, I want to focus on this morning. That when Paul said, if only for this life, if only for right now, if only for today. And understand with me, yesterday's gone. 
There, there's, there, you know, you, you make, you may could go back and apologize for some things. You maybe could, you maybe could paint that room over if you didn't like the color of paint. But in reality, tomorrow, yesterday is gone. It's over and done with. Tomorrow hasn't arrived yet. And, and yes, there's some decisions we can make that certainly will affect tomorrow. But really, we, we can't address till tomorrow, tomorrow till it gets here. Today is the only day that we can really do anything about. And tomorrow, today will be gone, and tomorrow will be today, and the next day will be the next tomorrow. Today is all we have. And, and Paul says in this statement, he said, if for this life only we have hope. If today only you have hope, we're of all people to be pitied. Of all people. And Paul's addressing there, he's talking about, he, he, he's including everybody in the world, so to speak. He's, he, <coughs> people from all walks of life, people from, from every situation, Paul is including them. So what we find that, that hope right now, hope in America, hope in America, half the population is feeling hopeless. The, you know, the other 50% uh, uh, that, that, that is, or 48% that is around us, whatever the case may be, that, that, that they're struggling themselves, but yet they, they've some kind of glimmer of hope. But what we find out, what Paul is saying to us, he's reminding the church of Corinth that there is a gospel. And the word gospel in itself means good news. And I've got good news for you today on this Easter Sunday, 2022. This is the 60th Easter Sunday that I've celebrated. The first few I don't remember too much about, but probably the last 54 or 55 Easter's, I can remember them. And I can remember when we had hand-me-down little suits and hand-me-down ties. I can remember having a pair of shoes one time, a little pair of little boy's dress shoes that somebody had given us and the tongue was out of my shoes. They, they had been so worn out. But I remember Lacing up those little brown shoes and I had white socks on and somewhere there is an Easter picture of me with those white socks glaring through the tops of my little bitty dress up shoes. And don't you say you don't wear a much bigger pair than that now because I really don't. But the truth of the matter is I remember Easter's and they've come and they've went and they've come and went. But I've got good news for you today is Jesus is still resurrected. He is still alive. He is still doing well. And on this Resurrection Sunday, if He gives me a 61st one, or maybe He'll give me 70 of them, I don't know. But whatever the case may be, I still believe and I still know that He is alive. He is seated at the right hand of God. And He is still my Savior. He is still my Lord. And my hope lies in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to be reminded of these things. I want you to be reminded that this life at its best is a temporary circumstance. This life at its best is a temporary circumstance. No matter what you think, none of you are going to be here forever. Not on one of you. 
My dad lived to be 90 years old. We talked to somebody yesterday that they said they were getting ready to turn 94, I believe it was. We had a lady that lived just down the road from us that passed away last year. She was 104 years old. You know, you may live to be 100, you may live to be more than 100. You know, we know of people that have died seemingly what we call untimely death. But one thing I want to remind you of today, this life at its very best, is a temporary circumstance. We lose sleep. We worry. We 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 uh, we sometimes all but lose our mind about what is going on in this world. But let me tell you, it is just a temporary circumstance that you and I are in. This world, and that old song said, "This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This is not the place that I'm intending on dwelling forever. In fact, I can see it and I observe it." I still enjoy my life. I still enjoy being here. But let me tell you something. I see this world waxing worse and worse. And I don't mean to be gloom and doom. And I don't mean to depress you this morning. But I quite frankly, I don't see this world getting a whole lot better unless it turns to Jesus and turns to Jesus in a hurry. This is a temporary circumstance at the very best. The second thing is don't be alarmed. That the systems of this world are failing. In fact, when we read the scripture, the scripture tells us that they will. The scriptures teach us that they will. You know, I said earlier, and I'm, I'll say it again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it political this morning. I have my preferences. I have my beliefs. I, you know, just opinions, just like the rest of you all. Let me tell you something. If, if your hope is in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, if your hope is in the independence, uh, which is not a party at all, but if your hope is in that, if your hope is in the U.S. military, and I appreciate if there's any veterans in the room, I commend you. Thank you for serving. But my hope is not not in the military. My hope is not in political party. We were in D.C. two weeks ago. My hope is not in all of the buildings and all of the the pomp and the glory of Washington, D.C. But my hope can be found in nothing less than Christ. And in Jesus Christ is my hope. I still have hope in the resurrection because listen, the world and its systems are going to fall. Babylon is falling, is falling, is falling. The world around Around us will crumble and it will fail. It has to. Why does it has to, preacher? It has to because it is ordained and determined in the Word of God that this world will not continue on forever and ever because there is coming a day that, that the Lord said, I'm going to go and reclaim that which was mine and He will step His foot back one land, one foot on sea, one foot on the land and He will declare that time will be no more and He will declare the world has we know it, He is once again. So I can't put a lot of confidence in the elements that are around me, in the government, if you would, and in the systems that exist around me. But I can be confident in God's plan. You know, because, you know, when when, you, when we pick up these these books, we call them our Bible, and some, and some 
many of us use these now and these things and all like that. But I don't, I don't care if it's electronic or if it's printed. I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me if it's a big family Bible or a little personal Bible. But let me tell you what matters is the 66 books that are included in this that are considered the unadulterated in air. Word of God, I still consider them true. I still consider the Old Testament true. I can still consider the four Gospels true. I still consider the, the epistles true. I believe the, the, the prophetic book of Revelation to be true. I believe the Bible is true from one cover. Listen, there's only one thing in this Bible that I have found that I have my doubts about. And that's this little part in here that says genuine leather. Okay? And I question that. Because it looks like a meme pleather instead of leather. But understand with me, I am confident in God's plan. I'm confident His plan is unfolding because the Word of God has through through the course of thousands and thousands and thousands of years as the Word of God has unfolded, it's proven itself to be true time and time again. Paul wrote this to this church at Rome. He said, who will... Bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Be confident that Jesus... Here's the, here's the essence of Easter. Be confident that Jesus died, buried, and resurrected, took his place. That doesn't mean that's that's not speaking of a substitution. It's taking it's speaking of taking his rightful position. Jesus died, buried, and resurrected, took his place, and remained seated. At the right hand of the Father. See, that's my hope. That's my confidence in this age we live in. As I study Scripture, and I could could be in error here, but as I study the New Testament Scripture, I find there's one place that, that, that maybe Jesus didn't remain seated, per se. Uh, you know, we, if you want to take that literally, that's when the first deacon of the church, Stephen, was being stoned. I find that Jesus stood up and he took attention to Stephen. He put his attention on Stephen because Stephen looked up and he saw Jesus standing beside the Father. And you know what? I don't know that Jesus has ever stood up for me. I sort of believe he has. I, I believe he's probably stood up for you. A time or two. But whatever the case may be, whether he's seated or whether he's in a standing position, he is still positioned, if you would. He is still located at the right hand of the Father. And there he is making intercession for us. You see, he is in the place that we can't go, that we could not go because we were unworthy, because we have a sinful Adam nature about us. But Jesus said, I'm going to go to the place that you can't go for you. And therefore, Jesus is seated. He is positioned at the right hand of the Father for every single thing that I will ever need, including 
the forgiveness of sin. And without the forgiveness, can I say something? On this Easter Sunday, there's a lot of people will go to cemeteries today. They will decorate graves. Uh, there's churches that have probably already had in their church cemeteries, they call it decoration day. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of things will happen. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you. You're not going to get to heaven without Jesus. You're not going to get to heaven with Jesus. It's the only way. In fact, it, the Bible says if we come up any other way, it would be, we would be as thieves and robbers. So my hope is found in Jesus Christ and His righteousness. The Apostle Paul said it this way, and he said it the best. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people most to be pitied. And again, Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church about the resurrection. He, he was he was speaking to them considering that they had faltered in their belief. He was speaking to them because their faith had waned and and and, and they were wavering. And I understand that, but 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 to take the scripture into into our grasp this morning, I hope that you do believe in the resurrection. I hope that you do believe that that the the resurrection is is the power over death, hell, and the grave. It's through and by the resurrection that we can say, oh, grave, where is your victory? And death, where is your sting? But I want you to know in every other element of your life today, the only real hope that any of us have can be found in Jesus. It can be found in Jesus. I love this lady right here. God's blessed me with a good one. Okay? And she does a lot to help me. She is my, she is my right arm, my right leg, my left arm, my left leg, and everything else. Okay? But she has limitations. She can only go so far. But let me tell you something. There is no limitations to where Jesus can take us. There is no limitations in what Jesus can do. His name is power. His name is life. Today, today, realize Realize that your hope is going to come through and by Him. So today, whatever you're going through, whatever's happening in your life, put your hope in Him. We don't, can I have a keyboard please, Patrick? I just want you to bow your heads with me just for a minute. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder, and I don't pressure, I'm not a high pressure guy. I'm not going to come get you. I'm not going to call you out. And I'm not, I'm not going to beg you. But I want to ask you a question this morning in this room. Just want to speak the name of Jesus.
you struggling with having hope today? Are there circumstances in your life? Circumstances that are going on in the world around you. Are there circumstances that are causing you to struggle? To have hope. You're feeling hopeless. You're feeling lost. You're feeling, you're feeling, you're feeling pressed down. If that's you, could I ask you just to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody in this room today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any others in this room? A large number of people have raised their hands in this room already. Are there any others? Pastor, I'm struggling with having hope right now. Thank you. Thank you. Man, hands going up all over this room. Now let me ask you a question, especially of those that raised your hand. Of those that raised your hand with heads still bowed and eyes closed, can I ask you another question? Especially if you raised your hand. Are you a person that needs to establish through faith or to renew through faith your relationship with Jesus? Would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me. I need to renew my my faith in Jesus Christ. I, I need to make that first commitment to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room? Nobody's looking around except me. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Any others? Any others would say, Pastor, today I need to renew my faith in Jesus Christ. Pastor, I need to establish a brand new faith in Jesus Christ. Anybody at all, real quickly. Okay, here's what I want to ask you to do. I don't like being embarrassed. don't like being humiliated so that's never our purpose and never our reason but this is what I want to ask us to do today I want everybody in this room to stand to your feet I want you to look this way and if you were in this room and you raised your hand That you are looking for some hope. You're feeling hopeless. You're looking for some hope. If that's you in this room right now, what I want you to do is if you're here with somebody, reach over and grab their hand, reach over and grab their wrist, and I want you to bring them right down here with you. If you're in this room and you didn't come with anybody in particular, I want you to find somebody close by you. Just find somebody close and say, come on, so you don't have to come along. Because we're going to pray and we're going to believe that your hope is going to be restored. Can you join me right here? Listen, we've all been there. We've all been there and we've all done it. Some of you are here. There's people in this room that didn't respond that are dealing with hopelessness right now. If that's you, but some of you responded, you raise your hand. Can you come down here? We're not going to make a spectacle of you, but we are going to pray. Can you join me right, right now? Right now.